everybody. This is Chris Carlson, and welcome to this episode of the DI Guys podcast. I'm here with my partner and good friend, Mike Condell. Mike, how are you doing on this, I would say, fine yet unusual day? Chris, thanks. As always, sun is shining, 63 degrees here. Always my weather report here in Denver, Colorado. Beautiful weather. As you well know, every ski resort in Colorado is shut down. So here we are. Here we sit in our homes today. So I'm doing fantastic on a rather strange day. You know, Mike, it's, it's really interesting in that we often talk about none of us have a crystal ball. We can't predict the future. And certainly we talk about that in terms of somebody might becoming hurt or sick or even worse. And we're certainly in some very unique times in this country. And when you think about, you know, in the course of a week or so, the stock market has gone from almost 30,000 down to 20,000. We started the year thinking it was going to be just a great economic type boom. And here we are today where, you know, life as we know it has changed, at least for the near future. And, you know, it, so it's really interesting and it's a great a reminder that none of us have got that crystal ball about what might happen to us. I couldn't agree more, Chris. I mean, I'm laughing about what well, your comments just now. On January 1st, I was celebrating New Year's in Cabo San Lucas with a bunch of families uh, from school my daughters and all of their friends. And if you would have asked me January 1st, while having a great time in Cabo San Lucas, that suddenly on around March the 15th or 16th, the entire world is upside down. My daughters are at home on a computer doing school today for how long, I don't know. Um, I think your point is, is, is very candid and well, ta- and well put, excuse me, that we don't know ever what's going to happen and life gets in the way. And if anybody could have told me we'd be in this situation today, I sure wish they would have given me a quick phone call, meaning you just don't know. And in the world of income protection, the exact same is true. You just really don't have any idea if, when, why, or how something could happen that could prevent you from earning that paycheck to take care of not only yourself, but your family and their needs. Mike, you mentioned, you know, it being March. And to me, two things you know, always come to mind for me for March is one's personal, one's business. The the personal one is March Madness, which unfortunately we're not going to be able to experience this year, which is a, a bummer for lots of people for lots of different reasons. And then from a business standpoint, I always think of March as when those producers that are focused on residency programs all across the country, they're starting their blitz to start to market to, to residents. And it reminds me of the conversations, Mike, that we've had over the years regarding how to market to residents. And you have somewhat of a contrarian opinion on what producers should do for and with residents. So I'd really like you to kind of lay out what your suggestion is for as an option for producers to be talking to their residents about. Chris, I'll gladly do that. Let's step back for a minute and talk about March Madness. As you well know, I'm a huge lover of college basketball as well. And my dear friend who lives down in Florida <laughs> always calls me every single year on Thursday and say, National Holiday for Cocktail? I know it is. Where are you watching games today and tomorrow? I'm actually deeply hurt <laughs> about the tournament, not not the fact that it's only going to just cost the NCAA and just just this again this is where we don't know what goes on in life i've heard that just in television revenue alone it's one billion dollars one billion that doesn't count cities whether it's tampa or wherever they're hosting they now go to zero so the economic impact of that totally unforeseen 
four weeks ago, once again, to reiterate where, what we're discussing today, and we'll talk about residents in just a second. You just don't know when, how, or why, what the heck's going to happen. Remember, March Madness survived World War II. Remember? I read this. They had, they had the NCAA tournament. I think it dates back, Chris, if I'm correct, Oregon won for all you Pacific Northwest people. I think in 1939, and it's never missed a beat until now. Pretty amazing stuff, I would say. So with that, let's talk about residence and, well, I actually, this is as much personal opinion as anything, and it's my idea about residence. One thing that I would like to start with is that we actually, you know, there's, there, there's a hunting season for all kinds of animals, fishing, whatnot. I always say that it becomes residence season. So those of you that are out there listening that are brokers that work in that space, I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have a window of opportunity to capture a resident for income protection. One, they've been hearing about it since medical school. So the conversation about what it is and what it does is not nearly as complex sometimes or as complicated as it can be for somebody else seeing the need. Oftentimes we forget the reason that I think physicians purchase product, residents, even medical students, but anybody in the, in the field of medicine purchases this product is not because they make trillion dollars a year and it's just an ancillary expense to them. They live their life seeing every day what happens when somebody gets hurt or sick and how life is turned upside down. Vis-a-vis orthopedic surgeon, oncologist, gastrointernal, it doesn't matter what the physician, internal medicine, it doesn't matter. They see it every single day for the rest of their working career. Take it today, there's an awful lot of them you know, relatively busy than they were a while ago, at least the infectious disease and everything else that we have going on in the world. That being said, I, I would like to remind our, our, our listening audience that residents are young people typically. Wouldn't you say, I mean, if you were to guess halfway through residency, what do you think the average age is? I know it's gone up a little because people go back to medical school, in, but what would you guess it is just as a ballpark? Like 27, 28, somewhere now? Exactly. That's that, that's kind of the numbers that I that I've used for years, and I, I, I because I see enough. I think that's fairly accurate. Twenty seven, twenty eight into residency, maybe first year, one or two, but they're there. Remember, these are young people that have sometimes way more college debt than they know what to think about at the moment. Um, that weighs heavy on their mind. Their finances are typically tight. They're in residency. They're getting paid. But they almost live paycheck to paycheck. Would you say that's fair as well? There is no question. They are not making a lot of money as a resident. No, and they know that it's it's kind of like being a superstar athlete where you get out of college and you get drafted. You never made a dime. Then all of a sudden you have the, the reward is at the end, and that's what happens with residency. I graduated from college just like you did, did ROTC, had a job, and started actually earning money the day we got out of undergrad. Fair? Absolutely. They have anywhere from another eight, seven, twelve years before they actually see the light of day. You fast forward another five years or twenty, you're already thirty-three years old, where you and I had a almost a ten, a, basically a ten-year head start on earnings. That being said, if we have a ten-year start on earnings with time value of money, we're way ahead of the game. So when somebody talks about what positions get paid, I'm glad they get paid what they do. I really am. And that being said, I want I want to step back and talk about residents. When you're dealing with a resident. The first thing to remember is they're not 45 years of age and established in a practice. One of the things that I've done for years is, is talk to, talk to brokers that are in that space is 
you know what, allow that resident to breathe. And what I mean by that is financially. There's so many people out there that say, right now what you need to get, and most carriers, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, call it like select professional limits. In other words, they'll write them more coverage by far than they're eligible financially for one reason. And the reason is, is they want them to get as much as they possibly can. Uh, would you say that's fair? Absolutely. They're very aggressive on their issue limits for people who are still in the residency. And oftentimes that's maybe up to 6,500. If a resident's making, I don't know, I'm going to, I don't know everything. They make 70,000 a year. They have a 60% plan. Most likely at the institution, whether it's a hospital or wherever they're doing residency, you would agree. I've never seen it not happen. Have you? I mean, not to do a double negative, I apologize. But they've always had some group coverage, an underlying group. They're salary only. They're not a bonus. So they're getting 60% of their current comp basically paid for by the employer. Would you agree? That's correct. That being said, there are carriers out there that have future purchase options also, which means, it, 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 in essence, what it means is once you pass, and I think it's one of the most important features that any young person can have, especially in the world of medicine as being a young, about to be doctor, currently a resident, is once you have insurability, physically, you're good for the rest of your entire contract life meaning you never have to show evidence of physical insurability again. The only thing that you will be required to do is financially qualify based on carriers issuing participation limits at the time of whatever that occupation happens to be. That being said, if you can get a minimum amount, and I'll give you an example, Chris, uh, that I think it will make it easier. I'll give you an example. I'm a second-year resident. Um, I'm $176,000 in the hole already on student loans. I live in an apartment, very busy at work. I know I need to do this. And you come to me with a $6,500 a month benefit, which is fine. But one, I'm actually overinsured. So it's almost like insuring a home for flood insurance that sits on a mountaintop. It's not necessary. In that regard, I look at physicians not significantly different than other people, meaning you should get what you qualify for. Once you're physically insurable, you're golden. There are carriers out there that allow you to get a minimum amount. One example is if you buy up to 75%, just an example of a carrier, of what you're eligible for. Are you following me? I don't want to lose you or anybody else. I'm with so you. if you buy 75% of what you're eligible for, you can get these unlimited future purchase options or future purchase options of various types. If you already have a 60% group plan, Chris, let me ask you a really simple question. How much individual disability insurance do you have to buy to get to that 75%? Oh, gee, well, so what we're, we were talking about them making 70, right? Correct. And so okay. what they make it about, so it'd be 4,000 would be 60, so somewhere around, uh, $4,500 a month, somewhere in that neighborhood of total Correct. coverage. So they have to purchase how much? Uh, all in, all in, they have to have 4500 of coverage, and they already have, say, 4000 So we've now got somebody that's eligible for around 500 to 1000 Without being a cynic and satirical, would you say that a $6,500 monthly benefit 
is a heck of a lot more expensive than a $500 a month benefit? Uh, there's no question there. Even I know that one. There is no question about it. What you can do, though, is go to your carrier, go to your BGA, go to your disability insurance expert that's in your area and talk to them about the carriers and the various options available to do this. And what I tell young residents when I do talk to them in a meeting, somebody may have me come in and just do a quick class. It's a financial planning class. I do the 10 minutes of disability. I said, you work so hard that you still deserve to buy that occasional pizza and beer or pizza and Coke, depending on whatever you like to do, and not spend all your money on income protection and bite your nails every day that you just bought this, this amount when it's not necessary to do so. Because what you can do with that 500 is when you graduate from residence and you're done, you're done, you're signing a contract at the neurology department at Johns Hopkins University. They're going to pay you X amount, and I'll make up a number, $30,000 a month. I don't know what the real numbers are. You can then take that $500, and with certain carriers, you can take that because you don't have to show evidence of insurability. You show them a contract that says this is what you have and what you'll be paid, and they will allow you to increase that 500 to the amount, minus maybe Johns Hopkins Group Insurance, that you're eligible for right now, which could be six. Seven, eight thousand dollars a monthly benefit. Why spend the money today when you're already, what I would say, as a, on a relatively tight budget, when you can have what everybody else has when it's time? Meaning, if I spent six, if I bought a six thousand five hundred dollar policy, same, same, and let's assume that I was eligible for nine thousand, Chris. So I already have sixty five hundred. I can get more. That's great. I go to nine thousand, so sixty five hundred nine. That's what I get to purchase. But my $500 a month allows me to get to the 9000 just the same way, but I haven't for the last year or two years been spending six, seven, eight times the amount on a monthly premium when I was on a budget. that make sense? Well, I think it makes all the sense in the world, Mike, and I'm sure there's some doubting Thomases out there. Some are going to say, well, gee whiz, Mike, you're just costing me a whole lot of money on commissions because instead of selling 6500 I only sell $500 a month benefit. When you are are young and when you are dealing with a budget, which almost all of us deal with budgets for the rest of our life, I do too. I always tell people, you owe yourself a night at the movies. You owe yourself a date. You owe yourself some fun with your friends. You owe yourself that pizza and coke or beer or whatever you like to do. Why not do that? Because what you will do when you finally have that career that you're going forward in, you can have the maximum amount of disability insurance you're eligible for without maybe spending two or three years writing checks to just give you answers. That is my take, Chris, on dealing with residents, treating them like the age that they are, and I'm not saying immature, I'm saying that they have different experience and finances in life, and give them the opportunity to do that and let them know that when it's time for you to be whole, it doesn't matter if you actually do have something happen to you with a condition. Because if you pass the first time physically, you're good for the rest of your working career. So simply put, that's the idea of the day for me. Because this is the season now through, I would say, what, August, Chris, September, that a lot of residents will be buying income protection for themselves. And Mike, I think you'll agree with me that one of the uh, unique things about selling to residents is there's carriers out there that are very aggressive on guaranteed standard issue uh, type programs. And so certainly a uh, selling point for producers to the residents is about getting this without evidence of insurability. 
in your program is very, very similar. You're just taking it in two steps versus all at once. Correct. That's absolutely correct. So, I mean, I would say, once again, that if you are dealing with residents, a $6,500 monthly benefit is a heck of a lot more premium than $500 to 1000 and they still will get, you tell them, and you tell them you deserve, because we talk about complimenting people all the time, they really do deserve to have a break. And if you leave an extra 100 bucks a month in their pocket, and they can have the same thing when they sign on at John's or wherever they go to in this world for their profession, good for them. They still will be 100% whole when it's most important going forward. You know what's interesting there, Mike, and, and look, every situation is different as we know, but it comes to mind there's a insurance company out there that their agents do a very good job of selling a lower initial uh, disability insurance premium, but they leverage that savings into selling life insurance and and they sell more disability insurance than any other force out there. This comes to mind is in addition to being able to afford the pizza, you know, maybe there's money here to be able to buy some term insurance. Let's face it, when somebody is 28 years old, if they buy $500,000 or a million dollars term insurance, I mean, it's it's very, very inexpensive. So you can insure somebody both for disability insurance to include their future insurability plus life insurance and still save an enormous amount of money. And then to your point, when that $200,000, dollars $500,000 job is real, now they can get all that they need because they, they do have a heck of a lot more money to be able to deal with it. Chris, right on and absolutely correct. Well, so, you know, Mike, one of the things that, that you and I are committed to is, to is to sharing different ideas that people can use uh, to help them in their, in, to marketing disability insurance and helping them have great conversations with people regarding income protection. And I just, I was just so mindful about everything that's going on in, in, in our world today, if you will. And then along with that, we know it's the hunting season, if you will, for residents. And I wanted to make sure that we, we shared this idea with people that they think it's appropriate to go out and have these conversations with the residents that they know. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Well, Mike, as always, it's a real pleasure. Enjoy your your new lifestyle, if you will, uh, not being able to uh, be around people as much as you normally are. This too shall pass, and we will continue to do these podcasts. I want to remind everybody uh, to make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. So, Mike, you have a great rest of your day. Chris, thank you, and I'll talk soon.